I wish, she said. No boyfriend, Paul. In fact, I've hardly gone out in the past few months. Let's go someplace quiet and low-key. Just catch up. This was just the response he'd been hoping for, and he'd been so grateful. Paul rang her doorbell, and when she came to her apartment door, he realized he had forgotten how pretty she was. Small of stature, with shoulder-length dark brown hair and large eyes. She flashed him the bright, sexy smile that first got his attention a year ago. She laughed that wild laugh of hers and threw her arms around his neck. God, it's great to see you. I can't wait to hear your excuse for disappearing for months. Hey, remember Rosa's? That hole-in-the-wall Mexican place? How about we go there? Love it, she said. Paul stared straight ahead as he drove them to the restaurant, his jaw locked. He tapped his fingers on the steering wheel and shifted in his seat. Maybe this wasn't such a good idea, he thought. When they walked in the door, Terry pointed to a dark corner booth and said, Back there. And when they sat down, she said, You're not a real talkative guy, Paul, but it's obvious something's wrong. I just got back to town from California. I'm a little behind on everything. She was shaking her head. No, it's more than that. You're upset and nervous, and I wasn't going to say anything, but you have dark circles like you're not sleeping. Since I haven't seen or heard from you in a long time, I know it isn't anything I did. You act like you just got out of prison. Go ahead. I'm a good listener. That was all it took. He ordered himself a beer and a glass of wine for Terry and let it spill. Best friend dead. Best friend's wife pregnant. Him hanging around, trying his best to hold her up. Good God, she said, shaking her head. You could have called me, you know. I mean, going through something horrible and not having anyone to talk to can make things so much worse. I feel like a real jerk dumping on you now, he said. We'll save it. I'm a girl. Girls talk about their tragedies and heartaches. And if you don't get it out, it's going to eat a hole in you. That's how it feels, Paul admitted. Like I swallowed acid. Matt and I became best friends in junior high. I have two brothers, but Matt was an only child, so he spent more time at my house than his own. We served in the Marine Corps together. He stayed active while I went to the reserves. I think my mom and dad were hit as hard by his death as I was. But his wife... Ah, oh, Terry, I've never seen anything so painful. Here she was, about to have their first child, and she would cry until she was weak and dry. All I could do was hold her. But it was worse at night, when the only sound in the house was Fanny sobbing in bed. Terry reached for his hand. Paul. He held her hand while he talked. When the baby came, she wanted me with her because Matt couldn't be, I guess. It was the worst and best thing I've ever done, seeing that baby being born. It made me so proud to hold Matt's baby. He looked away and blinked back emotion. On his headstone, they put Matt Rutledge, beloved husband, father, brother, son, friend. That brother part, that was for me, for us brothers in arms. 
just doesn't feel like he's gone. But he's so gone, and I just can't seem to get over it. And if I'm feeling this way, then Vanny must be torn to pieces. Right then, the food was delivered, but they didn't eat much. Paul had another beer and told her stories of growing up with Matt, playing football, driving their parents' cars too fast, trying to hustle girls with little success, enlisting in the Corps after two years of college, and Matt's parents going absolutely, totally, cosmically nuts. My parents weren't happy, but Matt's were out of their minds. Matt's mother was convinced that I'd talked Matt into it. But the truth is, that's what he wanted. Period. I went along because I didn't want him going in alone. Or maybe I didn't want to stay behind without him. My mom used to say we were joined at the hip.